Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now let's jump over to Matthew chapter five. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings and let's consider some of the words that Jesus spoke. Verse 13 you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor did they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. But my friends, let me share with you a special insight in the mind of God of how God sees you prospering. I want you to understand this by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Here Jesus says that we are salt and that we are light and that what we have cannot be hidden, that we are to let our light shine before men that they may see. My friends in the business realm, whether you have businessmen, businesswomen, and I'm addressing Christian businessmen, businesswomen, and also in general, those in your respected career field where you have uh, goals, you have uh, areas that you want to reach for and new plateaus that you want to break into, or maybe even pioneer some things into some new areas. You have to understand that if you want the Lord to greatly bless you financially, you cannot be a camouflaged Christian. And we have some Christian businessmen and business women. And what happens is that when it comes maybe to getting the big contract or getting the big deal, they hide completely their Christian identity. They want the results of like what Daniel had of being lifted up the prominence within the King's court of Babylon, a very secular and completely worldly system. And we see that that Daniel did not compromise that they knew that he was a follower of his God. But we have some Christians, they want to camouflage their Christianity when it comes to the area of financial gain. And the people that need Jesus that are lost in darkness, you are hiding the salt that God has put in you. You are putting your light, underneath the basket so they can't see it. And you're willing to compromise in certain areas because you want the big deal and you want to be successful. And you're afraid that if they think that you're some kind of, you know, radical sold out Christian, that maybe they don't want to work with you. But my friends, if you play those kind of games, you're never going to see God's power touch your finances. God has designated you to be salt in a world 
that has lost its ability to preserve any kind of morals or ethics is all out the window now. And God needs you to be light because there is gross, thick darkness in the earth today. And you are to go into the uh, business realm. You are to move up in the field that God has for you, not hiding your identity in Christ, but living as a believer. And that includes sometimes talking about the Lord. Praise God. You know, when you go into some businesses, such as a nail salon, maybe you want to get your manicure or pedicure ladies and you go in there. And so often when you walk into a lot of those places, you see the Buddha statue as soon as you walk in. And of course it's a fat Buddha because that represents the prosperity aspect of their religious belief system. And so they put their God uh, as strange as he looks with the big fat belly with no shirt on. They put an image of him right up front where you can see him when you first walk in. At least they have enough sense to believe in prosperity. <laughs> Praise God. But with a lot of Christian so-called uh, spirit-filled businessmen or businesswomen, you would never know. There's, there's no Christian artwork anywhere in any of the, uh, of the many offices they have, much less the CEO's office. Like, let's say you're the CEO of your own business. No, somebody could come in your office, can't even tell you're a believer. There's no Christian artwork. There's, um, there's no Christ identity externally expressed anywhere, anywhere. And let's say you're going out because maybe you finally have the opportunity to close a multi-million dollar contract and they're going to hopefully give it to you. And of course you're going to make a lot of money. And so you go to a nice, uh, a nice meal, real high end restaurant and everybody gets served their filet mignon steak. And uh, they're not going to pray because they're not sinners. What are you going to do? Are you just going to start shoving all that food into your mouth? Or are you going to stop and say, do y'all mind if I bless the food and pray over it? Oh, Pastor Stephen, I wouldn't do that. I might lose the contract. You're not going anywhere with God. If you play those games and you're supposed to be salt and light and you're a camouflage Christian and you're going to play that just because you want money, God's not interested. No deal. No deal. My friends, you've got to get to the point where you are serious about winning souls, and it's not just for preachers to do that. Yes, God wants you to make money, but along the journey of generating wealth, along the journey of new levels of prosperity, you're supposed to let your light shine, and you are supposed to be salt, and you're supposed to be the one that says, do y'all mind if I pray over the food? Now, they may say, well, we don't want that. Well, let them go ahead and eat. Maybe they'll all get sick and you go ahead and just take a moment, bow your head quietly, say your prayer, and then just go ahead and enjoy the conversation, enjoy the food. I've had people mock me and my wife when we prayed over our food before. I'm not saying like they didn't think it was a good idea. They actually thought it was stupid and, and told us that. And I've seen people that have mocked my wife and I while we prayed over food within hours get such ferocious food poisoning that for weeks they could not get out of bed using the bathroom on themselves. They are so wiped out. They can't get out of the bed uh, defecating on themselves, 
Who's laughing now? And I told them, hey, I prayed over my food. How come I didn't get sick, wiped out like you did? I ate the exact same thing you did. Mm, and they all wiped out, all wiped out. My friends, if you're not going to be salt and light, what is the purpose then? <laughs> what is our purpose? Well, we just want the money, Pastor Stephen. God's not into deals like that. And you can't, you can't bribe God. You can't, you can't trick God. He looks at our heart, and He's wanting to see if we are really serious about actually loving those people, caring about those people, and looking for the open door where we can present Christ, not in some apologetic, embarrassed way, but in a way of strength, and this is our identity. This is who we are. Well, Pastor Jim, I might lose the deal. Well, you might. God will give you a bigger one somewhere else. But you have got to lock in on the basics. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You've got to come out of the camouflaged uh, the zone where you don't really want them to know who you are. Listen, we're not living in Iran where if they find out you're a Christian, your head's off the same day, okay? We're not walking uh, the streets of, uh, you, know, you know, like uh, Afghanistan, parts of the area where, you know, you've got ruffians running around that if they hear you're a Christian, they're going to they're gonna shoot you dead the same day. I understand them persecuted countries of the world. You've got you've to be kind of smart, like the underground church in China, et cetera, okay? You don't want to just needlessly die. Uh, but here in the Western world, why in the world, when you have freedom, would you not take that opportunity to, when, when, when the anointing is there and when the Holy Spirit gives you the open door to share Christ, to share Jesus with them? You'd be shocked how many actually want to know. Even maybe if in front of their friends, they kind of like laugh and go along with the soft ridicule or whatever, you know, the snickering behind your back and all of that. Look, we've all had that when you tried to live for the Lord. But so often they come up to you in private one-on-one -on -one, and boy, do they sometimes confess what they're dealing with. And so often, of course, it's some real yucky stuff. They need Jesus they're hurting. So my friends, if you will honor the Lord in this way, he will bless you. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Those of you that have employees, do your employees even know that you are a Christian? Have you led any of them to the Lord? Have you tried? Have you just brought up Jesus in you know, casual, comfortable moments when you can talk? Uh, as we would say, with your hair down and in a relaxed state, not coercion, not uh, pressuring, but just, just talking. Hey, have you ever thought about God? Have you ever thought about Jesus, what he did at Calvary? And, um, and, you know, just basically sharing your testimony of what God did for you, how he saved you, and how you know that you are born again and your name is written in the book of life and that you would like for them to go to heaven with you. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if you want to come into the great end time move of the spirit, wealth of the sinner coming into your possession, you're going to have to want to win people to the Lord and be concerned about their eternal salvation because without Christ, they're lost. And you need to realize that you're uplifting 
and your prosperity is so that you can be a witness for the Lord, not just stuff your bank account full of money, not just bless the ministry. Hallelujah. That's all, that's all fine. Praise God. Uh, you know, honor the Lord with the tithe, give offerings, enjoy your prosperity and uh, push the gospel through these platforms and these ministries such as mine that you are in covenant partnership with. But my friends, remember that the Lord wants you to be salt and light. Hallelujah. So let, let your light shine. Mm -mm. When everybody else around you is using profanity, don't join in on it. Don't join in on it. Look, look, I wasn't born with the Bible behind the pulpit. I was raised up by the Lord in ministry. He didn't start me in ministry full time overnight. I knew the calling was there for years, but I did not get a release to go into the ministry until one morning the Lord spoke to me and said, give your two week notice. You're now going into the ministry full time. And so with that, with that divine instruction, I did that. But before that I was working, I was working and, uh, you know, I was working with a group of guys. A lot of those men um, didn't know God in the least bit and used the most profane language, told the most filthiest, dirtiest jokes, listened to the most vile, disgusting music. And uh, they would have given a motley crew of pirates a really good run for their money with the um, uh, measure of sin that they were endeavoring to live in. But you know what? They all knew where I stood. And when they started pulling out pornographic magazines, I'd walk away one time in a corporate meeting with the manager, just railing uh, uh, on many of them because not meeting uh, certain sales standards and stuff like that. He let out some really bad expletives and he stopped and he said, Oh, <laughs> he said, I'm sorry, Stephen, seriously, yeah, Stephen, I'm sorry. I get worked up. I don't mean to cuss like that. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just smile, you know, I'm not throwing Bibles at those guys or anything like that. But my friends in, in your own way, with your own testimony, let your light shine and your lifting up is secured. Praise God. Now, let's bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord because we're going to work bi biblical principles. We're going to obey the terms and conditions of the covenant. We're going to honor God by giving in love and in faith. Praise God. And we're going to let our light shine. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Talk about Jesus everywhere you go. Mm -mm. They said about the Apostle Paul, that pestilent fellow. He is a pestilent fellow. That's because Paul was very persistent and consistent with his Christian witness. Amen. And they just couldn't get him to be quiet. Make your mark known. We are in the last of the last days. There is darkness and perversion in this earth beyond any uh, scope of sin that we have ever seen before. The time is short. Live your life all out for the Lord. Now, for those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International. P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. You're going to get somebody saved very soon. Praise God. Amen. Our zip code 28654. For those of you that are bringing in your tithes and offerings online, please go to our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. stephenbrooks.org. 
and you will come to our homepage of our ministry website. You'll see a red heart and it says give. You can click right there and bring your tithe in from anywhere in the world where you have internet. Praise God. Or cell phone reception. Praise the Lord. Now, if you would like to give a special offering above your 10% tithe, we have an orange banner called projects and you can click on that and you can give into that as the Holy Spirit leads you various projects that we're working on. And thank you also for the ongoing project of the pure gold television program. We are broadcasting from Bethlehem, Israel three times a week. Did you know that Hamas hears me preach? Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As that program reaches into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and of course those, uh, uh, those areas where there is heavy, um, you could say a lot of terrorists live in certain areas. It's sad. Bethlehem used to be a thriving Christian town. Now less than 10% are Christian, but we are preaching there three times a week. Thank you. That is because of your giving praise the Lord. And by the way, that's not, that's not, that's not satellite. That is a land television station, a real TV station in Bethlehem. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. All right. Bring the tithes and offerings in father bless your people. I thank you, father God, that if any of them have been wearing uh, spiritual camouflaged clothing, hiding their Christian identity, thinking that perhaps that would help them get ahead. Father, let them see that that's actually causing them to be stagnated and to miss out on the empowerment of the blessing. Now, Father, we thank you. All, Father, all the people back in Abraham's day knew he was a man of God and he was very rich. I thank you, Father God, that you're going to make your people. Look, I know you're watching me right now. Listen, Father, I thank you that you're going to make your people very rich. And I thank you that all of their associates, all of their subcontractors, all of their employees will know that he or she is a deeply dedicated, devout follower of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Whoa, some of you are going to come into the multiplied millions because you've caught this revelation. You've caught this revelation. Mm. And if you have to compromise your Christian identity in order to get in somewhere, you, that, that place you're trying to get into, it's somewhere you're not supposed to be. Anytime you compromise to get somewhere, you, you, you pollute a part of your soul. You defile a portion of your spirit. Be very careful with these things. Amen. But I'm telling you, God's got a great destiny and calling for you. And many of you, you're going to handle such wealth. Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. God's going to take you to some very high places. He's going to make you a financial star in his kingdom. Shout. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise God. All right. Before we jump into today's message, let me remind you of the Israel tour and 
there um, are only a few days left for you to get reserved for this amazing tour. Praise God. Now, I want you to go on this tour because I want to take you personally in the footsteps of where Jesus himself walked. I want to take you to Nazareth where Jesus grew up. I want to take you to Jerusalem where he was crucified. I want to take you to the Sea of Galilee where a, a large portion of his ministry was located at. And I want you to call 1-800-929-4684, option two. I want you to go on this tour with me. Here's what's going on with the tour. The dates are May 7 through the 17th, 2023. And there is such a demand right now in Israel for tourism because, remember, Israel was closed for two years. Christians from all over the world are flooding the nation of Israel. And so what's happening with tour companies that if they have a tour, uh, let, let me get, give you an example. With my tour, I booked a certain amount of hotel rooms because people told me, Pastor Stephen, I want to come. I want to go on tour with you. I go, okay, so I reserved this many hotel rooms. So if I don't have that many people, I've got to tell my uh my friend who runs the uh, tour, uh, the travel agency, I've got to, I've got to say, well, this is how many are coming with me. And, uh, if I don't have that certain amount, he has to call the hotels and the hotels in Israel are very, very happy to hear that there have been cancellations. There's maybe the, they don't have as many people as they thought were going to come. Why? Because those hotels in Israel right now can take that canceled room and they can resell it higher than what the retail value actually is. So they're very ecstatic if I say I'm bringing this many people and I'm that not that many people come. So I've got to cancel a few rooms and I don't want that to happen. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'll go later in the year. Well, where are you going to stay at when all the hotels are filled up? I'm telling you, this is an incredible tour. And let me say something else, my friends, because I know some believers want to come, but they think about the finances. When you come to Israel, you're going to be shocked to see Christians from all over the world that are there visiting, just like you visiting the Holy land. You're going to see them. You're going to, you're going to see that they come not only from America and from Europe and other parts of the world, but they come from some of the most destitute nations on the face of the earth. They come from undeveloped nations. There are pastors bringing uh, entire bus loads of people. And you think, how in the world did they make it? I mean, the, the, the average annual income in that nation is $2,000 a person working all year long. How are they here? Let me tell you what, they're there by the boatloads. So I'm saying if they can come, I know there's a way that you could come also. Praise God. If you've got a passport, there is a way for you to come. But I need to hear from you very, very quickly because on February the 21st, I've got to talk to uh, the travel agency and I've got to say, well, this is how many have signed up. And if it's not at that number, I'm going to cancel certain hotel rooms. And then if you say later in March, hey, I still want to go. The rooms aren't available anymore. And if, even if we tried to make it happen, that price is now going to be astronomical. So my friends, if you want to come to Israel, you're watching me right now. You've got two days, 
February 21. I need you to call the travel company and get registered within the next two days. Praise God, or I'm going to have to release a few hotel rooms, and I don't want to have to do that. Praise the Lord. So make sure that you call. If you've got a passport, I believe God will show you that you can do it. Praise the Lord. You know, let me give you an example, because I know sometimes believers have the money, but they think, well, I'm going to do something else with it. Let me tell you how God works. One time when I was young and I was in college, I was really into martial arts and uh, went to a, a, a martial art, a Taekwondo master instructor. I eventually uh, brought him to my church. The pastor led him to the Lord. He got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the speaking in tongues, the whole nine yards. Okay. But of course, because uh, this was Taekwondo, he was a Korean master instructor and I uh, studied under here for, for, uh, for many years, and so when I was high red, which was three stripes red, which is right beneath black, he picked a few select people, and he said, I want y'all to come with me. I'm going to go back to Seoul, Korea, and we're going to go to what is called the Kikiwon, and that is the world headquarters of uh, the World Taekwondo Federation. When you see the Olympics and you see all the Taekwondo athletes and everything, everything is run through that there in Seoul, Korea. And he said, I want y'all to come with me. Well, I, you know, I was like a young college student and really didn't. I had a part-time job, but I didn't have money to uh, purchase an international ticket or something like that. So I was sitting one day and I was thinking, what can I do to get there? What can I do to go to Seoul, Korea with my instructor? And I said, I know what I do. Uh, I'm going to do. I'm going to sell my motorcycle. So I didn't have a car. I, I just zipped around on a motorcycle. And I told my friend who also attended the classes, I said, he's my college friend. I said, I'm going to sell my motorcycle so I can have the cash to go to Seoul, Korea. And he goes, oh, he goes, oh, Stephen, don't sell your motorcycle. Then, then you'd have to walk. But I'm like, oh, I really want to go. <laughs> and as we got closer to that trip, the Holy Spirit was really working in my life and began to deal with me about backing out of all of the martial arts and really getting over into the things of God. And so that was a big shift for me. And so I, I backed off on the tour and I thought, well, I guess I'll never make it to Seoul, Korea. <laughs> and I, I just pulled out of all of that stuff and just dove into Jesus, dove into the Holy Spirit, dove into the things of God, not knowing that years later, God would put me into the ministry full time, that I would write books. And then of course, one day I got a call. Uh, well, it actually wasn't a call. It was an email. Pastor Stephen, we love watching your ministry. We've watched you from afar. We want you to come here and minister to us in Seoul, Korea. So guess what? I go to Seoul, Korea now. I bring my whole family. They pay for it. I fly business class all the way there and back. They put me up in the Grand Ambassador five-star hotel. They bless me with a tremendous offering. I get there. They have translated my books from English into Korean. They're passing the books out. By, people are buying them by the thousands. The translator is weeping as he's asking me to speak the blessing over the books that he has worked so hard to translate it. And God moved in a powerful way. So my friend, Here's what I'm trying to say. If you will put the kingdom first, because I've had people literally tell me that, Pastor Stephen, I was thinking about going to Israel with you, but I decided to use that money for something else. And I, I, and I don't say anything, but in here, 
I know, I know if you would just honor the Lord, look, let me tell you this. I don't know if I've told many of you this before. I got back from Israel one time, some years back, and um, uh, I was tired. We had a great tour, but you know what? For my wife and I, it's a lot of work. We have to plan all this, put it all together, uh, and, you know, it, it's a lot of work so that everybody that goes can have a VIP, world-class treatment, and a phenomenal time. And so I got back, uh, and I was uh, back home here, and I was relaxing. I said, "Well, I said, wow, Lord, that was, a, that was a lot of work. I said, I might take a little break on this for a while. And I was just kind of like, you know, kind of like thinking about that, kind of talking just out of my head about that. And I turned around, and <laughs> I turned around, the Lord was sitting right there in the chair. There was another chair sitting over there. He was sitting there looking at me, and he was smiling. And, and so when I, basically when I turned, I went into an open vision and I'm having a vision and I'm seeing Jesus, the head of the church. And he says to me, he says, my son, I want you to lead more tours to Israel. I will bless anyone that goes on these tours. And he said, he said, and he was talking about Israel, the Jewish people. He said, these are my family members. And if you love them, and there, there came the understanding as he was telling me this, if you will love them in their condition, which for most, most Israelis, they are secular. They are not messianic. They, a lot of them, all they want to do is make money. They have no interest in God. So it's, you, it's like you and me having blood family members, like my cousins or my brothers, and they're all lost. That's how the Lord looks at them, because he's Jewish. He said, if you will go and be a blessing to Israel and take tours to Israel, I will bless anybody that goes on these tours, and I will bless them because they love my family members. They love my Jewish brethren. Hallelujah. And if somebody had an interest in evangelizing my cousins, who, for example, who don't know the Lord, you talking about favor? They win them to the Lord? Yeah, I'm going to... Wow, to be like, wow, you want my cousins to the Lord? Well, may the Lord bless you forever. The Lord sees it like that when you go to Israel and you care about his brethren, his people. Because he's Jewish. They're his blood. Amen. So he told me that. And I said, okay, Lord. <laughs> I said, um, yeah, I'll go back. I said, my wife and I will lead more tours. Praise God. So that was a very real face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus that I had. I'm believing that within the next two days, God will give me seven people. Seven more people will sign up on this tour. Hallelujah. I need seven more people to go. Woo, praise God. So get on the phone and call the number. Come on, meet me in Israel. Hallelujah. You'll be so glad you did. And God will bless you. I turned down this thing in Seoul, Korea that I was wanting to do in my own flesh and in my own strength. And I would have struggled with the whole thing and gone over there broke. But because I waited and did it God's way, I went business class. I went luxury, uh, had the best of the best. Uh, I mean, it was just over the top. If you will work things God's way, put what's on his heart first, this other stuff just falls in the place with no strain and no struggle. 1-800-929-4684. <laughs> Option two, I sure hope to see you on the bus. But remember, you've got two days or I'm calling and I'm going to have to let some hotel rooms go. And I don't want to have to do that.
Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. God's really speaking to some people. I'm believing God for seven people within the next 48 hours to sign up. Thank you, and I will see you on the glory bus. Woo! Amen. Mm-mm. Praise God. Now, let's jump into today's message. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, I do feel led to pray for those that want to go. I feel led to pray. pray. I want to pray for those that want to get on this Israel tour, because God, for some of you, is going to do some real quick things. Things are going to fall into place. Uh, It could be that you're married. You want to go, but your spouse doesn't, okay? So God's going to help you with this. He's either going to touch your spouse as you talk to that person, or the spouse is going to say, well, just bring your, you know, bring your buddy. Bring your, it's, it's like a wife, bring your girlfriend, okay? Or whatever it's going to be, it's going to work out so that you can come. And you know what? You might just want to bring the family. Uh, it, it would be tough for young children. I don't advise to bring young children because this is a tour. We're, you know, we, we wake up and we get on the bus at eight o'clock in the morning and we, we go out. So it's not like, you know, if you've got kids, they can just oversleep. Uh, no, because we are, we're on the move. But you may want to bring your family. You may want to honor your parents, bring your parents. You may want to bring somebody special and just pay their way and say, I want to be a blessing to you. Now, everybody that wants to go, I want to pray for you right now. Lift your hands, Father. I pray in Jesus' name. I thank you that you have given them their passports. If they don't have it by now, they won't have enough time. But I thank you for those that do have their passports and they want to go. Father, I thank you that your divine order fall upon their lives. Let your anointing fall upon their lives. And I pray that you would give them the revelation of the blessing of those who bless Israel. Now, I thank you, Father God. Father, I know that many people go as tourists. But, Father, there are those that when they go, they actually get married to the land, which is what Beulah means. Father, this church used to be called Beulah Church. So, Father, I, I thank you for the seven people. And if you gave me more, Father, I'd just give you more praise. But, Father, I pray for those that have not yet registered, but they know they, that in their hearts that you're in it. I pray that you bless them and that it come together real quick and uh, real smooth. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Mm-mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Now, today, let's talk about some explosive faith exercises. Let me say this in the natural, there are certain things that you can do that if you do them the right way, good technique, and you're consistent, you are going to get results in the natural realm of physical training, uh, diet. When I say diet, I'm talking about the nutritional foods that you eat. Those have a lot to do with peak performance, but at the same time, there are basic exercises that you can do that um, they're actually very simple, and they really, really work. But in the spirit realm, which is so much more important, because when you walk being spiritually minded, and you're into the things of the Lord, you you are working in a way where eternal rewards are being positioned for you, and... If I could be honest, I'll just go ahead and tell you this. When you're really into the things of God, you really do keep the angels busy working on your mansion. (laughs) Because if you back off from the things of the Lord, the angels just kind of slow down. And, uh, and of course, then if you backslide, they just kind of, they just kind of take a break. But I'm telling you, you stay on it with the Lord. 
And, you know, it's not like we're doing things because we want a big mansion. Uh, we're doing it out of love to the Lord. But I'm just telling you, if you're into the things of God and you're really into uh, uh, walking with the Lord, man, those angels, they're just expanding and building. And uh, you'll be glad. You'll be glad one day. Mm -mm. Wow. Praise the Lord. Glory. I remember that Jesse Duplantis said that when he went to heaven, he had a vision. He went to heaven for five hours and 15 minutes. And, you know, he had that classic message that he preached years back at Pastor John Olstein's church, the father of Joel Olstein. And that message was really good. That's, that's the one that most people heard about his trip to heaven. But I heard him talk on, a, on, a, uh, on another message that was on tape. And I don't know where that, uh, I don't know where you could find it. I, I believe I still have a copy of it where he talked about some of the mansions he saw in heaven. So this was a different angle of what he was talking about. I think in probably maybe a smaller setting where he felt perhaps more free to uh, give more of the details. But he said that he was walking in heaven. And I can't remember if he was walking with Jesus or if it was with King David. But they, he said he was walking. He was looking at all of these mansions, these beautiful uh, mansions that, that just dwarf and outshine anything on the earth. But he said, then he said he came across one mansion that, that was just um, spectacular, even on a, on a heavenly realm. This one was just, he said, absolutely spectacular. And he said, whoa, he said, who lives in that mansion? And he was told that the person who lives in that mansion was the widow woman that gave the two mites. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Stephen, you're going to pull an offering? Uh, not necessarily, but maybe I should. Woo, praise God. Amen. Stay on task because you want the angels to keep working on your heavenly mansion. Today we're talking about explosive faith exercises, and these will certainly be productive for you and keep you close to the Lord and keep you focused on what God has you to be focused on. Let's go over today the Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17, we're going down to verse 20. Let's pray first. Father, as we begin now to study your word today, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, the torch bearer, the illuminator of the word. Now, Father, let the light shine of illumination. Let understanding come into our spirits. We thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit working very effectively in our lives now. Let us take your word and let us apply it and be very, very strong spiritually. Now we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. We pray, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are again in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Let me grab a drink of hot tea real quick. Oh, is that good? Praise the Lord. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, that's the reason why they couldn't get the child delivered with the evil spirit. He said, because of your unbelief. Now let's focus next on what he's going to say. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now I have held mustard seeds in my hand before. And it is pretty amazing to think that something that small, a, a little bit bigger than the, the um, well, I would say it's kind of like the tip of a, of a rollerball pin. That's about the size, this little tip of a mustard seed. And it is amazing to think, wow, that thing is, that thing when planted 
and sown can grow into a really big tree that's a blessing to a whole bunch of birds and a blessing to humanity. It's fascinating. So here's the thing. Um, this mustard seed faith is just a tiny, tiny piece. I mean, like, like this tiny, like the rollerball on a pin. But it's the faith of God. And you don't need like a, like a cell phone chunk size of that type of faith. All you need is just a tiny, tiny little bit of that super powerful God faith. And when you release that in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the results are nothing less than miraculous, supernatural, and fantastic. Praise the Lord. Now, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain. So my friends, there is a time for prayer, but the way that you deal with mountains is not praying them away, but saying them away. And that's very, very important. A lot of times people, uh, uh, when I say people, I'm talking about God's people, Christians, if they have a mountain in their life, they continually pray to God to move the mountain. But when you look in the scriptures, you actually see that God instructs us to speak to the mountain. Now, let us not miss the fact that the speaking, the saying that we are to do, should come forth from an overflowing spring of a heart that is full of God because of a vibrant prayer life. So if you don't have a strong prayer life, what will happen is that you're speaking, but there's no punch. There's no power being released. It becomes very mechanical, very dry, and you will not, uh, you will either see very poor results or most often no results at all. So we can never reduce the word of God to just what we would call like a basic formula. Uh, it could look perhaps, and sometimes like there are formulas or principles, but we must balance the word and the spirit. And when we come into this with a strong prayer life, wow, I'm telling you the word uh, is very, very powerful. So we're talking about explosive faith exercises. One of those exercises, of course, is going to be speaking. And I want to demonstrate just in a moment how I use this in my life. Now, he says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain. So if you have only been praying about the mountain, you need to shift that and start doing what Jesus said and start talking to your mountain. That mountain could be a particular type of sickness in your body. That mountain could be perhaps maybe a secret addiction that's really trying to trouble you and trying to dominate you. The mountain could be a financial difficulty. The mountain could be debt. The mountain could be an unjust legal battle, perhaps that's tried to entangle you. But you can speak to that mountain. And this is what Jesus said. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. He goes on to say, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So what we do as we speak, 
we want to make sure also that we are incorporating into our spiritual exercises, prayer, and also at times fasting. Now we do have those times even where as an online church and as, you know, many partners of this ministry, we do have those times where we join together, uh, perhaps for a 21 day fast or, or where we do something as a body of believers together, maybe for 10 days or for three days, but eventually you'll come off that fast and you don't want to just think, well, I did that. I'm good to go for, you know, the next 11 months. It is good to fast at least one day a week. And it would appear from church history that beginning with the first century church and going for hundreds of years that they had a set day of fasting. And it would appear that that day was on Friday. So for the early church, for the first, at least from what we have seen, the first 400 years, every Friday, the church would fast. And when I mean fast, I'm talking about no food at all. And we have some more modern traditions. They're not biblical. They are just traditions of today, like eating fish on Friday and things along that line. There's a lot of, um, how can we say, religious traditions of men baked into that. But at least they're still trying to get you to dial back all the food intake. Okay. But it does appear with the early church, they were fasting, not out of legalism, not out of a, uh, you being dogmatic with their saying you have to do this. No, but just as, just as a good spiritual exercise routine, let's fast one day a week. And that does help sustain that strong anointing that you can build up coming off an extended prolonged fast when you come off that, but then you fast one day out of the week. And also you try to just basically never overeat or you just stuff yourself and let yourself go. Okay. And that will help you to be strong in these areas and you can sense it. I'm not talking about physical feelings, but I am talking about sensing the glory, sensing the anointing. You can sense it that when you talk, there is an anointing that is releasing power into the words that you say. Well, Pastor Stephen, how much prayer or fasting? Well, enough just to kind of get that anointing flowing. And of course, to have a strength in that area. Who praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so we see here that we should speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Let's say that that mountain is sickness in your body. And maybe it's something that the doctors even said, well, it's, it's, either terminal, it'll eventually take you out, or maybe it's not that bad, you know, <laughs> maybe it's something that's treatable with heavy medication. And of course, if you take that medication, you're probably going to get addicted to it, then you're addicted to prescription drugs, and anytime you take a drug, it has an effect. You got to take another one to counteract that effect, and before you know it, you're, you're like a walking chemical laboratory, and you're trying to balance all of these things that are in your body. And that can cause mood swings, that can cause fatigue, it can cause depression, and all other kinds of things. So it can be a real mountain. So what should you do? You should talk to that mountain, and you should say, get out of my body. Now let's talk about how we can do this. Now, 
What I like to do as I, as I do my, my speaking to various mountains or various things that would say, you're not going to possess this land. What I do is I open my Bible, okay, and I open it to Matthew chapter 17, and I've got verse 20 right there so I can see it. <clears throat> and after I've spent time in prayer, what I do is I look at verse 20 and I read it out loud. And this is what I read. Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Okay. Then in my mind, I, I take note of the mountain that I'm going to blast. Okay. And then what I do is I can do a couple of things. One, I can use the sanctuary. I can come down here or what I prefer to do is go to the fellowship hall, usually in the evenings. I pray in the morning personally alone, but in the evenings I come down here, I just turn on all the lights and I go uh, kind of like round number two, but I have a table over in the fellowship hall that I walk around here. If I come down here, I walk around the pulpit just like this. Praying in the spirit. And then I do things like this. I command the mountain to move and I name that mountain. But let's say that you have a sickness and that sickness would be something. Let's say it's arthritis and it's just eating you up with pain. And the colder it gets outside, the more it aches and hurts. Maybe you were an athlete. Maybe you played football. And now all of those injuries when you're younger, uh, they're talking to you now that you're older or whatever it might be. But this stuff is just in, in your body. So what you do is you walk around and say, arthritis in the name of Jesus, I command you, get out of my body, move from here and go and throw yourself into the sea. I hurl you into the sea. Come out of my body in the name of Jesus. Get out arthritis of my body. Did you hear me? I'm talking to you. Come out in the name of the Lord. Now, when I'm in the fellowship hall, the big table in the center, I just kind of just keep walking around. They're kind of like in a figure eight because um, uh, the figure eight is actually like the symbol of eternity. And I just like to walk and do my little figure eight and go all around and just speak and talk and blast that mountain. Blast it real good. Pastor Stephen, how long should we work on this? You'd be shocked if you'll stick to it and hit it an hour a day. If you'll just hit it an hour a day, you will pulverize that mountain eventually until it just gets up. It can't take it anymore. And it either goes little by little or the whole thing is just a landslide and the whole thing falls suddenly into the sea. But it can either go quickly or it could go all at once or you could just pick it off little by little. But let me tell you this. Jesus said it will obey you. It has to. Woo, praise God. But what you have to do is you have to stay on it. Why? Because you can't just go to the gym one day and expect that you're going to come out like transformed in the Superman. You have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. And that really is the key. You have to keep hitting it. And if you have no shows uh, where you just don't come in, then things will 
like going to a standstill, but you have to keep boom, hitting it, boom, hitting it. Praise God. So come back often, come back often, have your, um, especially your preferably your one day of the week prayer and fasting and make sure you hit it on that day. Yes. Shoka, ba, 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 come out of my body. Amen. See, you have to speak to the mountain with authority and you speak to it and you tell it what to do. What am I supposed to tell it to do? Pastor Stephen, get out and go throw itself in the sea and you tell it move from here, get out of my life and get over there away from me. Get out of my life. Woo. Praise God. And you hit it and you pulverize it and you hit it. Praise God in the name of Jesus. And my friends, it will work. Jesus said, when you do this, nothing will be impossible for you. And as you do it, just mix a lot of prayer in with it too. talk to the mountain, maybe for like 30 seconds, tell it what to do to get out of your life and then just pray in tongues and walk. Pray in tongues. See, the Bible says pray and watch. And that's good to have a little bit of movement because some of you fall asleep when you're praying. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. The mountain is crumbling. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's say you have a debt. And it's, uh, it's a debt that uh, uh, maybe has some really bad interest. And the interest in the debt would speak, the mountain would speak to you and say, we're not going anywhere for a long, long time because we know what your income is. And therefore we know you're not going to pay us off for a long, long time. What do you do? You jump in there and you begin to speak against the debt. You jump in there and begin to say in the name of Jesus, I talked to this debt and you, t and you call out how much money that is. Let's say it's $15,000. I speak to this $15,000 toxic credit card debt in the name of Jesus. I'm commanding you to get up and get out of my life. I haven't, you, I, and you know what? You have to also use discipline. You can't just keep going out and running up credit cards while you're uh, operating in these biblical principles. Okay. So you have to speak to that debt and say, in the name of Jesus, get up, get out of my life. I command you to go. I'll call you paid off in the name of Jesus. Now get out of my life. I command you to move from where you're at right now and move over to the place of being paid off. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. And then just walk around and pray some more in the spirit. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I command that vehicle debt to be paid off in the name of Jesus. Get out of my life. Woo. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if you speak to the mountains and tell them to move, tell them to be uprooted and thrown into the sea, they will. They have to obey you. Why? It is a measure of the faith of God. And it doesn't take a whole lot. Just takes a little mustard seed and it will obliterate all of it out of your life. Praise God. But my friends, I can't do your speaking for you. You have to speak to the mountain. And here's what you need to know. When you're a sinner and you don't know God and the evangelist preaches the gospel and you hear it and you get saved uh, you don't know anything about God's kingdom. You're literally coming from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, from the kingdom of Satan and to the kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus himself. 
So God gives you like grace in these areas and would understand that such a person would have on spiritual diapers and they don't really know any of this. So God gives a lot of grace for a certain season, just like we do for infants, for babies and little children. Why? They are immature and they don't know. But how many of you know, do know that when you're 19 years old, you should not be wearing a diaper. Praise the Lord. And when you have been in, in the church for a while, walking with the Lord for a while, he expects you to begin to live now as all of the Bible characters did, as all of the Old Testament and New Testament saints did, and that is the walk of faith. You take God at his word, you believe his word, you act on his word, and you stand on his word. Amen. You don't just sit back uh, hoping and a moaning and a groaning and a wishing. You jump in there and do something about it. Well, Pastor Stephen, I wish God would do something about it. He did. He gave you the authority, but you have to speak it. Amen. And speak it to the mountain because the mountain will talk to you. So you have to talk to it. This is like David and Goliath. Sometimes we look at those stories and we think that would, that would really be neat, but you can have a modern day experience just like that going up against the giant of that mountain with the sling, with the stone, which is the rhema word. And you can just keep hitting that mountain with the word of God, which would be hitting it with Matthew, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 in the name of Jesus. I am telling you to get out of my body. Mm -mm. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, there are gifts of the Spirit where the anointing comes and the power comes, and it, it uh, expedites the whole process. But there's other times, even among great ministers, where you just have to stand. I mean, I was reading about T.L. Osborne, the great evangelist, the other day, and, uh, you know, there was a time in his life, he said, I didn't tell anybody this, and he said, nobody knew it except my wife. But he said, I, he said, I began having heart problems and my heart would beat erratically. And he said, I have tried to live healthy all my life. And he said, he said, I be, would get so weak and I would, uh, you know, kind of get through these great outdoor meetings with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. But I would, he said later, I began to have real serious heart problems. And he said, there was one giant crusade that he was scheduled to do in Africa, but it looked like his heart condition was getting so bad that he would not be able to do it. So he took a couple of weeks off just to rest. And all he did is he laid out and he rested. He stood on the word, listened to good, powerful teaching and preaching, meditated on the scriptures, spoke the word, claimed that he was healed by the stripes of Jesus, told the heart condition to be removed out of his life. And he said he got weaker and weaker and weaker. And just when it looked like uh, he wouldn't be able to do it, you know what? He actually went and flew to the country because he's like, well, I might die, but I'm going all out on this. And he flew over there and was so weak. He could hardly even sit up. And then if I'm correct, it was the day before this gigantic crusade as he lay there in complete fatigue with his heart, having very erratic beatings that the Lord Jesus came into the room and completely healed him. And his heartbeat became like, kathump, 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 super healthy, like the heart of a young man, perfectly healed, perfectly healthy. And he was ecstatic. And 
surge of energy and strength, you know, because now his heart is working right. But you know what? Even he, as a world-renowned evangelist, with the anointing to heal many others, when he needed his miracle, he had to get back to the basics and stand on the Word. That's the only way that he got it. And there have been other healing evangelists who died of heart problems, who died of uh, certain types of sicknesses because they would not use their faith. They had a great anointing to heal others, but that's a gift that comes from God. And yes, it could even be released upon themselves, but you know, you're going to have to understand those dynamics of faith. But T.L. Osborne jumped in there with faith and he got his miracle. My friends, you have to stay consistent and not give up. Keep hitting it. The devil is very, very good at trying to fake people out with smoke screens or circumstances that would present the image of nothing's happening. It's not working. It works for Pastor Stephen, but it won't work for you. It works for other ministers, but it won't work for you. But we all face the same fight of faith. But what you have to do is keep speaking, keep hitting it, keep praying, keep walking your circle. For me, it's to figure eight. I just walk in the, the figure eight for one hour. Walk in the figure eight. Keeping that scripture open right there. Yesh Move in the name of Jesus. Yesh And you call it. You tell it what to move. Okay. If it's a debt, call out that debt, how much it is. And say, get out. And it could be that God helps you just chop it down real quick. Or it could be that God does something very special and you're able to just whoop, pay the whole thing off and it's gone. There it is. Goodbye and good riddance. I'll never know you again. Woo. Praise God. Amen. Glory. Glory. And of course, when you work with the Lord in faith projects with faith exercise like that, okay, you're getting strong, but you also saw what it took to get that thing out. So the last thing you want to do is go out and just run up a bunch of credit cards. You're like, whoa, I saw the effort it took to deal with re the removal of that. I'm not playing loose and easy with that anymore. No way. Praise God. Amen. Same thing with your health. Amen. Maybe you um, didn't take good care of your body. Maybe you uh, did a lot of smoking. Maybe you drank a bunch of liquor or whatever the case. Or maybe you just didn't, you know, just threw a bunch of stuff in there. And then later you realize, wow, uh, uh, God put those health instructions in here uh, and even dietary uh, laws in the Old Testament in there for a reason. Mm, I mean, you can eat spider and snake if you want to. Uh, you can eat all the creepy crawlies if you want to. But that doesn't mean it's good for you or your system. Doesn't make you spiritually unclean. It could give you some really bad breath. But you have to also understand all of the creepy crawlies God said don't eat are the filterers of the earth. They're the ones floating down there at the bottom of the ocean, eating all the garbage that's coming down to the bottom to rot and decay. They are the garbage trucks. They are, that's why, that's what a shark is. It's the garbage truck that drives around the oceans of the world and eats the rotting, decayed stuff. <laughs> that's why God said, don't eat that. Because <laughs> a lot of those toxins, now we're finding that out, that are in those things get passed right on to those creepy crawlies that filter it all out. They are the filterers, shellfish, etc. You could eat them if you want, uh, you know, b because it's not going to, it's not going to bother your faith, but it could do some things with your body that could, uh, could make it a challenge to uh, make it the uh, full, the full number of your days. Praise God. Amen.
Pastor Stephen, I love bacon. I love, go ahead and eat your bacon. Praise the Lord. But I'll, you know, I, I do a little extra fasting to keep those arteries clean. <laughs> you enjoy it, praise God. But make sure you flush the system. If you're, if they're going to run a lot of stuff through there, uh, make sure you flush the system at least. Praise God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. So this, my friends, is how you hit these things. And what you want to do is, while you're working on these and, and you're praying, you want to you want to speak and yes also pray just mix prayer in there with it until that anointing comes and you you could even start in the anointing that's when it's real good but if it's not just go ahead and get started okay anyhow and that, as you as you're praying a lot like that that anointing will really come that's when you're really releasing the cannons praise god i would greatly encourage you to sit up on your table for me, if I'm praying in here, I put it on the pulpit. If I'm praying over in the fellowship hall, I put it on that center table that I'm walking around. If I'm praying at home, in my office at home, I put it on my desk where I can see it, walk around it. But you also need to put out your goals for this year. Write them all out. I'm not talking like one or two goals. There probably should be at least 10, maybe 12 goals. Please sit down with your spouse if you're married. If you're single, sit down with the Holy Spirit. And write out what you want the Lord to do in your life this year. And uh, that's why it's good for husband and wife to do it together, because it helps you not to reach for too much. That way you don't want to go beyond your faith, but you also don't want to aim for too little where you leave blessings sitting on the table that you never reached out and grabbed. So you want to find that happy medium where you both feel really good. And, you know, uh, you know, just put those things out on paper and then also walk around and pray over those and speak over that in the name of Jesus. I thank you, O oh God, that you're going to do above and beyond that, which I could dare ask, imagine, or think, Oh God, I give you praise. Yes. See my friends, you got to go to work. If you, if you go to the gym and you just stand around, nothing's going to happen. Well, pastor Stephen, I'm in the gym. Well, yeah, that doesn't do anything. You have to start moving that equipment. Praise the Lord. You have to get over to the squat rack or you have to get over to the cardio machine. Whatever the results are, that's where you've got to move towards. Praise God. But you get into your prayer place. You get in there to pray. Praise God. I'm not saying you can't look at your phone if an emergency email or something like that comes through, but you're here. You're here to pray. Praise God. And if you got a little bit distracted, maybe because an email did pop up or something that you have to respond, just give the Lord a few more minutes so you can at least round it off to a full hour. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I know I said that because Jesus said, could you not tarry an hour? Mm. And the way he said that would imply, come on, least minimum. Come on, fellas. Amen. Woo. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And you want to just pray until that oil of the spirit is coming because with your goals, Let's say maybe you have eight or 10, maybe 12 goals. You've got them all written out. Some of them you can look at and you think, yeah, we're going to, we're going to make this. I just really believe it. But you might see one on there that you're thinking, well, I really need the Lord to do this and I want God to do it. But wow, that one, I, uh, I feel a little bit like, uh, okay, give that one some extra attention. 
then just put your hand on it. Yes, shiki bigaba when you go by and say, Jesus, you can do this. Lord, you're able. Lord, there's nothing too difficult for you. And that's what Jeremiah did. He would call out to the Lord in prayer when he needed, when he needed an answer. But he wouldn't just go in asking questions. He would go in praising the Lord. He would go in saying, Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. And then he would present his case. And then, of course, the Lord responded. Let's take a look at that just for a moment. That is Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 26. We see that after Jeremiah had lifted up his praise and his petition to the Lord, verse 26, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Now, see, Jesus said, nothing will be impossible for you. So you want to tell the Lord things like that. Lord, you can do this. Lord, nothing's too impossible for you. This one is a challenge for me. But Lord, I know it's not too hard for you. And Lord, there, you even said in your word that I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. There's nothing too hard. Lord, help me with this one. Help me with this one. Woo! Be shout out of ya. And then just walk around and speak it into existence. Lord, it's going to happen. Lord, I thank you that your angels are working on it right now. Woo! Glory, 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 glory. And as that oil of the Spirit comes, I tell you what, you will leave that place of prayer. You will leave that platform of prophetically prophesying over your destiny. You will leave it like walking out of the gym, like you really worked out, soaked with sweat. I'm not saying you're going to be sweating, but in the natural, you know when you got a good workout in. In the natural, you know when you have put in the work to take you towards the results that you want to see. It's the same way in explosive faith exercises. You go in there and you go to work. You go to work on Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, and you don't come out of that gym until you've had a real, real good workout. And not only are you building yourself up spiritually, but you're blasting and obliterating those mountains out of your life. You will have this year some of the most powerful praise testimonies that you have ever shared before in your life. This is the year where the glory of the Lord is being manifested in your life. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, where, uh, where will these things take me? It'll take you over to Jeremiah chapter 17. This is what's going to happen. First of all, let me start in verse 5 and say, What happens to those that don't walk with the Lord? Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. These are the ones that, that laugh and ridicule prayer. These are the ones that say, Oh, He's talking to a mountain. How stupid. Yet Jesus talked to a fig tree. Mm, Jesus talked to all kinds of things. If you read it carefully through the gospels, praise the Lord. But there would be those sometimes even in the church that are just dry all the time. And they look at these things and they laugh at it because these are spiritual things. They don't understand them. And so they make fun of what they don't understand. But cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. We see that today that in the sense we believe in divine healing and you would have others that do not believe that. 
And they would laugh at us and say, oh, he's telling cancer to leave or something like that. But you know what? If you make man your strength, the Bible says that the curse of the Lord will come upon you. And there is a problem in America right now of worshiping doctors. I love doctors. Luke, the writer of the gospel of Luke that bears his name, was a physician. So God anoints and appoints those to the medical field. But this whole movement that came out of COVID with uh, workers on the front line and glorifying those in the medical field, that is an abomination in the eyes of God. You would think some of these doctors and nurses who are all they're doing is shooting a vaccine into somebody's body. You would think they're on the front lines fighting in World War II, taking bullets and taking hits and having arms blown off by grenades. No, they're just sitting there shooting vaccines in the people's bodies and shooting the, the, uh, the ouchy juice. I won't say his name. You know what I'm talking about. No need to get censored needlessly. But, uh, and then the secular media and the atheistic people of the world say, no, they're the best. Oh, yes, we worship these doctors. And it's an abomination in the eyes of God. You know, I talked to a pastor friend of mine uh, some time back because we talk about the miracles that we see God doing in our ministries. And uh, we were sharing back and forth some different miracles God had done. He talked with me about one of his church members he prayed for, cursed and rebuked the disease and commanded it to come out. And then said, now go back and get retested by your doctor. This person goes back and uh, tells the doctor, uh, I want you to retest me. Why? Well, I just want you to do it. Well, why? Because I have received prayer and I believe God has healed me by his mighty power. And the doctor exploded in rage and said, there is no such thing. He said, I am the God that heals you. Woo! That spirit is now in the American medical system. They actually think they're God. And there are some Christians that are so silly that if the doctor says, let's say it's a man doctor, and says to the lady, spirit-filled Christian woman, well, I need to check you. Uh, go ahead and take your shirt off, take your bra off, take off everything. Uh, you need to see everything. Yeah, I need to see everything. Go ahead and take it all off. Now, I need to put my hands all over you. I'm telling you, some Christians have no respect for their body. They have a zero respect for their body. And if the doctor says to the man, spirit-filled man, the doctor says, well, well, we got to do some tests on you. Go over there and take your pants off and uh, bend over. We have to do some probing. Oh, what, what kind of probing? Well, we're going to have to do a whole bunch of probing. Uh, not on my body, you're not. Not on my body, you're not. Some of you need to have some dignity for yourself. Praise God. You let a doctor do just about anything to you, and you have more respect, more reverence and honor for him than you do for Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. Mm, that, that it is a spirit that is in America right now where doctors are now deified and worshipped, and it's disgusting. Amen. And we thank God for good doctors. I thank God for nurses. I thank God for what the medical uh, world can do. But I'm not worshiping anybody but God. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I'm not really sure where that came from, but I think somebody needed to hear it. 
Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. I've had some, some uh, people who've asked me to pray for them who've had such tremendous reverence for their doctor that I think that uh, that's why they're not healed. Because they have very little reverence for Jesus as their healer. And if their doctor said, strip naked right now, they'd start taking their clothes off. And if the doctor said, I need to inject you nine times in these nine different places, they said, okay, you just go right ahead and do whatever you need to do. And the doctor said, I need to cut your head off also because we need to take it over here and look on the inside. They'd say, okay, we'll just go right ahead. Now, I'm exaggerating a little bit on that one, but not on the others. I'm not exaggerating at all. I've seen it too much. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Hmm. Whose heart departs from the Lord. Sure is strange that we got a lot of people dropping dead with a heart cardiac arrest and they're 20 years old, 23 years old, 7 years old, 8 years old, because, because of something pumped into their body that a lot of people just willingly went along with. And I'm not condemning anybody. But you have to see your body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not letting anybody put some kind of DNA altering garbage into my body to mar the image of God in man. I'm not having anything to do with it. Some of you, if you knew how wicked these people are in these pharmaceutical industries, it would boggle your mind. And I don't want to talk about it because I'm not looking into the mystery of lawlessness, but it is sick beyond comprehension. And the lake of fire is, is rightfully waiting for them because these people are wicked and they hate children. They molest children. They are evil beyond comprehension and the devil's waiting for him. He's going to roast them in hell. And then when they get their sentence on the day of judgment, they will be thrown into the lake of fire. And we're not going to shed one tear for them because these are some of the most wicked, diabolical people on the face of the earth. They would chop little children up for money. Mm -mm. And some of you, bless your hearts, would let them stick you with anything. You have to think about these things. Praise the Lord. We are in the last days. We have been warned about these things. Mm, praise to you, Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and a salt land which is not inhabited. You need the word, you need the spirit so that you stay moist, so that you stay strong. The last thing I want to see you is like a dried up old shrub out in a spiritual desolate wasteland. It's time for you to come into the good stuff of God, claim the word of God as your own, begin to separate yourself from the things of the world that defile you. God said, come out from among, come out from among all of this immorality, all this impurity, and I will be a father to you. I'll be a daddy to you. I'll take good care of you. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. Praise the Lord. See, Daniel had enough wisdom to work in Babylon. He was in Babylon, but Babylon was not in him. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 7. Blessed 
is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Bless your heart. I don't, I don't know what some of you would do if I had to take you to Africa for extended periods of time where there is no insurance, where there is no access to the doctor. What do you do in Turkey when all of these people are injured and they're hurting because of the earthquake and you go to the hospital and you find out the hospital collapsed and entombed everybody inside of it. What are you going to do then? What are you going to do then? Well, uh, we can't make it to the doctor. I guess we're all, I, look, you have got in these days and hours in which we're living, you're going to have to get anchored in the word of God. Get your eyes on the Lord. Yes. We thank God for doctors and if, if we need to use them, we certainly will avail ourselves to it. Okay. And we thank God for insurance and stuff like that. But there are some things and some stuff that uh, you're all, you look, look, the bottom line is your only protection in the times in which we live is your trust and reliance upon the Lord. Wow. Cause we got trains going off the tracks with uh, poison gas going up in the air, getting into all the water. Your only safe place is in God. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. He shall be like a tree. And of course that includes ladies also. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. I see you blessed all the time. I see you blessed whether there's recession or economic depression. I see you blessed whether there's balloons floating over from China or whether there's Russian spies carrying around little nuclear suitcases. I see you blessed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Protected. Hallelujah. And I see that this is the church's finest hour. Glory to God. God wants to shine through you. Hallelujah. Lock into him today and be blessed. You'll be like a tree planted by the river. Green. Hallelujah. Green green as can be. And this is the time when people are going to run to the church. We're the only ones with the answers. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because even those out there that are the wicked, but have money, their money cannot be a defense against tiny little microbes getting into your water and other systems. It's too many ways today. For the enemy to operate, the only safe place is in the Lord. Praise God. Lift your hands right now. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are watching today that they be exercising their faith. Hallelujah. Praying, walking with you, integrating fasting into their life, and working your word, working your word, blasting the mountains. Hallelujah. Blasting the garbage out of their life that doesn't belong there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory to God. The Holy Spirit is moving right now. Deliverance is taking place in the lives of many. Chains are falling off of many right now. You go free now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Make your move. Get out of the dark side and get over in the light. Hallelujah. Walk with the Lord. <laughs> the Lord is coming back soon. Amen. Praise God. Father, I speak blessing over your people in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you're watching this program today, but you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have justifiable means to be nervous. You have justifiable fears because there are things out there that are that are bad, and there's other things that are coming down the pipeline. There's things that the enemy, the global elites, with all of their crookedness and wickedness, are planning for 2025. You need to be walking with the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And you need to come through the door of safety. The door is Jesus. If you're a backslidden Christian, you need to get back right with God. I don't want you to die in your sins and go to hell. Listen to this Pentecostal preacher. For some of you, this could be your last call. Praise the Lord. Amen. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. Save me now. Thank you, Jesus. I claim you and take you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now the Lord's going to help you. Walk with him. Get plugged into him. Amen. God's going to help you to come strong in him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His angels are with you to keep you in the way. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. If you've just prayed that prayer, I want you to email me. Contact at stephenbrooks.org. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now, if you are a believer and you belong to Jesus Christ, you can take communion. Now, you can take it and not be a believer, and all you're doing is drinking some grape juice and taking a little cracker, and it won't do anything for you, okay? But if you are a believer, this is a covenant meal. I want to ask you right now, if you need to hit pause on the video, do so. Go grab a little wafer, a little cracker, a little piece of bread, okay? Or, uh, at, excuse me, and also get some grape juice. If you don't have grape juice, grab what you can for now. If you don't have a little wafer like this, get a little piece of bread for now. And let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it and set it apart now as being holy. We thank you that this is something that terrifies the enemy. This is the covenant meal. Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we receive strength and grace to walk close to you. Father, we know that Enoch lived in a very wicked generation. But the last days are the days of the gross darkness. But we thank you that we are salt and light. And we thank you that this is the church's finest hour. Father, we receive the Lord's strength and nourishment. And we thank you, O God. We thank you that we can say, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive together. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's mighty cleansing power. There's no sin that the blood can't wash away. If a mother has aborted their own child, the blood can wash that sin away. If a person will only repent and call upon you. Father, the sin of murder, the sin of incest, 
sins that are so bad, they, we don't even want to utter them in public because they're so grievous. But this, this is the cure, the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the blood. We thank you that Jesus is the only mediator, O oh God, between you and man. There's no other way to heaven. He's the door. We thank you that as we receive his blood, we receive divine protection, covenant protection that exempts us from all the calamities and tragedies that are in the earth. Those things aren't our portion. Our portion is that we are trees, green, flourishing by the river. Thank you. Our roots run deep into the living water of you, O God. Father, we now receive the blood of Jesus with great thanksgiving and great praise for all that he has done for us and his great atoning sacrifice upon the cross of Calvary. In his name we pray. Let's receive together. Amen. Jesus is a miracle worker. And he wants to work a miracle for you. Open your heart for God's best. Because this is the hour of God's glory being poured out upon his people. As we close, let me remind those that want to join me in Israel. Get registered. You've got two days. Or I've got to call and I've got to cancel some hotel rooms. I don't want to have to do that. I want you to be one of the seven. We've already got those others that have already registered and signed up. Okay. But I want some more people on the bus. I want you to come with me to the land of Israel and receive a blessing. Praise God. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back again real soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye.